All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Here we are. Cheers to you. Yes, likewise. It's nice to be back in the same room again. <laughs> it's been so long. It's been so long. <laughs> Seven so days. I got those, One week. I got those sneakers, eh? Um, yeah. I got brand yeah, new running sneakers. Them? Well, not so far. Okay. I've only got for one run, and I can barely walk because they shredded my left heel so badly. Ooh. As a former shoe salesman, yeah. what was your tip for helping people to decide the shoe that's right for them? Because putting it on and walking around the store a couple of steps is not a good indicator of whether or not this is right for you. The first thing I would ask people if they were like somewhat or even any sort of uh, runner at all is how do you find your shoes where? Do they okay. wear on the outside or do they wear on the inside? Yeah. They wear on the outside, you're a supinator. You need a neutral shoe with more cushion. If they wear on the inside, you're a pronator, meaning you roll toward the the inside, toward a prone position. Okay. So like you're you're more flat footed possibly. And uh and you need a support shoe. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's specific shoes made for supination and you can usually tell by the inside sole there's like a shaded part and oh. it's like a pronation control or sorry supination control yeah pronation control if you're rolling inside see i was having a sad day on sunday oh. and so i was like i need these new shoes anyway maybe i'll just like drop the bucks and buy the shoes and feel better nice because that works always buying I, something. I say they should sell lotto tickets on sunday because that's the day where people are like oh i don't want to have to go back to work tomorrow well, they do sell lotto tickets on Sunday. I mean, sorry, do a draw on oh, Sunday. Oh, I see. Yeah. People are always motivated to buy when there's a draw. I Anyways. guess that's probably true. Yeah. They, sh- they should announce the numbers on Sunday is what you're saying. Uh, or Monday. Or Monday. Sunday, you want to have the hope. Right. So you buy a ticket and be like, maybe Monday I, I won't have to go into work because I'll ha- hit the jackpot. Is that what would happen if you hit the jackpot? Would you call up work and be like, nice knowing you? Well, no, actually, I'd probably be thrilled to go into work because I won the lotto and I don't really care anymore. I thought about that, too. I was kind of like, ain't nothing going to break my stride if I know my worth now. Yeah. Uh, So even on the toughest days, this is going to be fine. Totally. Would how would you react to winning the lottery at work? Say you're like sitting at your desk and there are other people around clicking away. You check the numbers and you realize all of a sudden I'm worth twenty five million dollars. Well, no work gets done to be sure for the rest of the day. I just mean socially, how are you going to oh, react in that moment? I'd run around and tell everyone. You would, eh? Yes, of course. What would you do? You'd I quietly not, walk it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't tell anybody at work. Not a chance. I wouldn't. I, I, I'd tell you, but you're not around that often. Mm-hmm. I'd make friggin' phone calls like crazy. Don't get me wrong. That's true. But no, I'd slip, I'd slip away. And it's not that you, like I'd be gone like Kaiser Soze, but like, <laughs> but like um, the greatest trick the devil ever played was uh, when I won a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think that's what would happen. I just I I think because like socially, it's just this very awkward thing to go into someone's workspace and be like, "You're not going to believe what just happened to me." That sounds so disingenuous. I, I don't even think you. I I don't think you you could have any sort of prepared speech i think no. you just go like whoa ah, sweet ah, well, I, want it. I want it you make a good point i would need someone to verify that i'm not being crazy i think i would too yeah i think that's the first thing and i think in those cases you like if it's online you get called by the alc and they're like dude 
you know you won, right? I don't know. You hear all these horror stories about people not realizing that's that right. they won. If, if you have a physical ticket, then yeah, they have no idea who won until they turn it in. Are you a lottery ticket person? Because you no, do, I'm not. You do like to gamble a little bit. I do, but I find like there's no skill involved with lotto tickets. There's rarely skill involved in most gambling. That's why it's gambling. Well, no, I don't know about that. I mean, you can have like a psychological strategy, I guess. Well, yeah. You can be e- good at cards. Even blackjack. Yeah, there's some strategy going into it. Sure. You're not just, you know, I'm not like, ah, oh, I'm putting it all in on Chase the Ace this week. <laughs> right. You know, but that, you know, sports related stuff. I guess that's, that's true. always fun. I don't know. There is something kind of joyous about about the lottery i really like a scratch ticket now and then okay scratch ticket from the christmas stocking <laughs> there you go what a wonderful 11 a.m Get december 25th yeah yeah <laughs> so i need new sneakers <laughs> so I don't, back to sneakers. i don't think i do need new sneakers i think i just have to deal with it or like develop some calluses or whatever because they fit my feet and they're a good quality shoe mm-hmm. but i went for an 8k run for my first run in these shoes and i haven't run since because it just tore up the back of my my left foot is like Almost a whole size bigger than my right foot. Yeah. Yeah. So you, okay. So you put these shoes on and you just really liked it. I, I, I well, sort of. See how much like further, my heels are lined up. See how much bigger my left foot is? Yeah. Isn't that weird? What happened to you? Your parents, cousins? You know what? I know. Uh, no, I don't think. <laughs> um, I had a club foot when I was born. Whoa. And so it was like all turned in like this. Okay. And so all my infant hospital photos, I have this teeny tiny little cast, which my mom still keeps in a baby box. <laughs> and it's like drier than sandpaper at this point. With your original foot in there. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. No, you can kind of see. She puts it on the keychain. In the right light, you can kind of see like a scar that has grown with me along uh-huh. the along the foot. It's just like a white line where they like had to go. And, poor little baby Colin. Poor little immediately baby Colin. had to get his foot cut open and straightened out so that he Jeez. could run 8K one day. Well, I was going to say, and it still hurts. <laughs> um. No, I, I just, like I said, I think I was a little impulsive about the shoe. I don't regret the shoe and I got to make the shoe work because right. they cost me 130 bucks. Yeah. But um, I was impulsive because I wanted to buy a shoe that day and I tried on a lot of shoes and then I saw this other one and I was like, well, I'm going to try that one on. And it was pretty good. And they had my size. That's the other thing. Yeah. What's your size? Nine. Okay. Well, that's a pretty nines. common size. Um, it is, but there's a weird thing about like sport check in these sneaker stores they're like, oh, I don't know if I got a nine. They're they have the- one one of every size of every shoe, maybe, until someone buys it. <laughs> I think it's a little more than that, but you're no, right. The shoe you're is right. one of a kind. It's like a snowflake. Well, hey, why why don't you call me next time you're going to buy running shoes? I'll okay. Go, I'll go out with you. In two years, I'll call you. And well, we'll- I was going to say, you, <clears throat> I, it might even be worth trying to take those back. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I just think that my foot's not used to them. So you don't think long-term there's going to be any issue with them? Well, I think I'll get a little callus on the back of my heel. Okay. Like I said, it fits my foot. Oh, when you say torn up, it it's a callus on the back of your heel. It's a blister. Okay. Yeah. So there might have been some sock movement, too. Did you get get, get new uh, running socks with it? Man, that's such a professional question. No. You should. Running socks? Yeah, you'll find them more breathable, less okay. slippy. It's going to make a difference for you. You went right back into something. You're going to like the way you look. <laughs> what I used to say was, listen, you buy a convertible, mm-hmm. you're not going to leave the hood up, right? You're gonna, you're not going to leave the roof up. Okay. You're going to tear that baby down. If you're running in, in running shoes and you got regular socks on, you're leaving the roof on, baby. No. No. 
because <laughs> a convertible putting the top down is like feeling the wind be- beneath your in your wings <laughs> in <laughs> your right. in your hair it's about being sexy it's about feeling free <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what having the top down you is made about it such a lifestyle thing. that's well that, no, isn't it, it a lifestyle that's why you put the top down i'm speaking purely in terms of comfort and breathability oh which okay. i guess maybe that's a poor analogy people aren't getting convertibles for breathability or comfort by the way you just get windburn your hair looks crazy <laughs> all right you talk me out of this one this is how i would sell uh you wouldn't buy shoes for me <laughs> no i would i wish i had honestly um, this is how I would sell uh, hardwood-friendly casters for office chairs at Staples. All right, let's this hear is, it. Well, I don't know. I don't mean like I have a sell pitch me for this you, pen, but, but that's <laughs> you need a pen, right? <laughs> Sign your name. Um, yeah, there was like there was go-to upsells, and you find some kind of like bullshit explanation that usually works, mm-hmm. and you feel a little soulless, but you also feel amazing because it worked. Right, and you were able to get coffee because coffee is for closers. That's right. Nice. Yeah, I've never seen that. Oh, God. We were talking about David Mamet the other week, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Weirdly. Yeah. You should see it. You'd like it. I should see it. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. it's time that we do a show show about movies again. Mm-hmm. We had mentioned my dinner with Andre. Yeah, right. Have you seen 12 Angry Men? No, I haven't. See, there's two movies that are just all one scene. Yeah. And maybe maybe that would be kind of a cool partnership. I've also never seen uh, What's You Can't Handle the Truth. A few good men. That's a few good men. Yeah, you've never seen a few good men. I've never seen a few good men. Oh dang, yeah, a few good men's great. Okay, I mean that's that's Aaron Sorkin's uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Right. That's the very good. Right. It's very good. Aaron Sorkin's new movie comes out in a couple of weeks. The the early reviews are pretty good. Ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes for Trial of the Chicago Seven. Tight. Yeah. Do we know who the Chicago Seven is yet? I think it's a race related uh, riot. Okay. I, it, I, I shamefully I don't know. What'd you think about uh, the debate? How much did you take it? I didn't. I didn't think a whole lot, to be honest. No, I, I don't think they did. Either. I think our our brains all just died a little bit. I didn't exercise a whole lot of self care. I watched all ninety minutes of it, and then you know, post show commentary, um, uh, and it was very difficult. How much did you see? Did you watch any live? I literally before going to bed, uh, we had been watching more Utopia. Spoiler alert. Okay, um, and turned it off it was about 10 45 i was just doing my like nighttime insulin routine and i was like all right i'm gonna turn on the debate for a second turned it on and it was like literally just when trump was getting to a point where he said he just said he wants protesters to run the cities and wants like disaster to like dig <laughs> and joe biden's just there like no i didn't yeah. like, I, like guys you know i didn't say that right so much of it was well that's not true which right. is fine. Yep. Um, for the first half hour, I was really sad. I was like, I was really having a hard time with it. And I almost turned it off because frankly, for the first half hour, Trump was winning. Right. And I still hated him. I didn't like how he was winning, but he was in control of the room. Yeah. Um, and then he ran out of steam and Biden's never like, he's not a smooth talker. No. Um, and so he was a little clumsy a couple of times, but he never gaffed. He right. never said anything like, oh, I wish you didn't say that. Well, I think he had like a bad stutter at one point, like like literally in his life yes. that he overcame, right? Yep, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And it was kind of showing a little bit, I sure. think. But also it was probably the panic of being like, man, I'm not going to be able to get a word in edgewise before this asshole jumps right, in. Right, right. But there's some value in just letting him go. 
Yeah. You know, shaking your head a little bit. I mean, Chris Wallace did a piss poor job. It'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see what happens in their next debate. Next week is Pence and Harris, and that'll be a whole other can of worms. Right. Um, and then October 15th is them again, right? It's them again, but that's town hall style. And so that's where your Ken Bones get up and they're like, I'm undecided. What would you do about this? <laughs> right, Ken Bones. Yeah, I know. That was a moment, eh? <laughs> it really was. I wonder was. if he's still undecided. I wonder if he's still on Reddit. Yeah, he's probably still... Remember the Reddit thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did it. He was like this folk hero for like the week following his goofy question because he had a silly mustache and a big red sweater. Yeah. And Bobby Moynihan played him on SNL. Yeah. And then he did a Reddit AMA and he didn't like make a new reddit account and somebody just like checked his profile and he had like all kinds of porn follows and stuff <laughs> it's <was> very embarrassing <laughs> oh my god so and, and he like commented on stuff oh yeah he was a big i mean look <laughs> at him he was so creepy looking <laughs> so uh, this is that they'll do another town mm-hmm. hall thing and differently because i don't know if you saw any clips from trump's town hall with uh was it Stephanopoulos a couple of weeks ago? Like, and he kind of got like grilled a little bit by registered nurses and okay, member, no. members of I, marginalized communities and stuff. And he doesn't do so well because he can't get in their face. He can't get in the face of a primary school teacher the way he would Joe Biden. He right. can't say you're a liar. Right. Um, although, you know, I guess I shouldn't underestimate him. Um, it was very ugly and bad. Anyway, long story. Uh, all that to say. Um, by the end of it, I wasn't so uh, discouraged by it because uh, Biden, you know, he was Hell's more down. classy and graceful than the other guy. And the other thing is like Trump's down. It's very unusual for the incumbent president to be so down in right. the debates. Yeah. Um, so he needed to come in there and win new people, not just protect his base. Right. And meanwhile, he's like kind of like co-signing like white supremacists yeah i mean that's the uh, that's unheard of like can you imagine a softer ball question than say racism's bad right and he wouldn't and being like hey all right you proud boys oh my goodness stand by yeah yeah it was really ugly but 65 million people watched it yeah yeah that's the other disturbing (laughs) thing is it's becoming like must watch tv yeah we're all even uh, more so than last time around we're sadists we all just let this happen to ourselves i feel like pence got his uh work cut out for him different too because he's not he won't bloviate like trump right he'll say wrong stuff right but two things he won't he's not as capable of steamrolling as trump is right and kamala harris is a better talker than joe biden in general yeah she's gonna she's gonna run the show but they have to have a strategy for that they have to know going in they're not just gonna like let him get stomped down Although I hope that happens. I don't know. Who's moderating this one? Do they choose? Does like the president choose? No, it's an agreed upon thing. Like all the rules that Trump broke during the the debate. These right. are these are regulations agreed upon by both parties. And so I guess the moderators have to be agreed upon too. That's how they get somebody who's centrist like Chris Wallace. Right. But they'll never get like Anderson or Jake or anybody who you wish would moderate one of these things. And they're also not going to get... Laura Ingram. So I don't know how small the gene pool of journalists could be. Right. Joe Rogan, maybe. <laughs> maybe they'll get. They, they were talking about that. That was the thing. I right? know. I know. Well, it, not really. I know. Joe Rogan said he'd do it. And then Trump said I would do it. I oh, I thought like Trump said he would do it first. And then Joe Rogan was like, all right, I would do it too. Maybe. But yeah, I know. Does anyone want that? I don't want any of it, to be honest. SNL's back this weekend, though. I was going to say that. Yeah, Chris Rock. And who's the musical guest? Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
She's kind of coming up. She's kind of cool. They do a good job of getting like, yeah, the the come ups. I don't know who the music booker is on that show, but mm-hmm. they do always know who's about to be the next big star. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they couldn't just get like Beyonce or Lady Gaga. And it's cool when they do that. Yeah. I actually prefer when they go go small. Totally. People yeah. I don't know. Do you remember a couple years ago? She was very famous at the time, but um, Halsey was an amazing music right. guest, and she yeah. did like that painting thing on the floor while she sang. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was cool. so cool. Yeah, yeah, and I love Phoebe Bridgers. I think uh, I think it'll be neat. I just know that motion sickness song from TikTok. That's my it's my way in. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, but she's cool. But it'd be interesting to see Jim Carrey. He's doing Joe Biden for the first time. They just put out a promo of him like in the makeup. Okay, and uh, Maya's there as Kamala Harris, obviously. Right. Um, that'd be interesting. That's going to be insane. Mm. So we talked about Dak Shepard a little bit last week. Oh boy. Was that interesting timing? Hey, I feel like that is like maybe the, um, you texted me and I got, I started to get physically nervous. Oh my God. <laughs> the like a Mr. Bean sketch. It's right collapsing. <laughs> it's like dropping his paper, <laughs> s- smashing the mic on the ground. Um, yeah, we, we did the podcast on Wednesday. We yeah. talked about how we're like, Next Shepard's kind of sketchy, isn't he? And uh, and then like the next morning, he drops an unscheduled uh, podcast that's just him and Monica, basically saying he fell off the wagon after 17 years yeah. of sobriety. Right. Now I will say, I wasn't as obviously it was an issue. I was picturing like when you were texting me, like oh my god, he like had a bender. Like he just like I didn't opened. say bender. No, you no no no. You didn't say any of any. Oh, okay. Of you you texted me to kind of like alert me that like hey, there's kind of like a it seems like it might be like a relapse episode thing called day seven. You gotta listen. It's pretty yeah. Wild. And I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. So I started listening to it, and yeah, my like heart was racing at the beginning, and then like I slowly started to get into it that it was gonna like. You start to realize, okay, he's talking about painkillers because he had this, he had a few accidents and then he started kind of like abusing them. And But isn't that interesting that like the only other time he slipped up was eight years ago when his dad was dying. Yeah. He had been in a motorcycle accident at the time and he had a prescription for- He just had access to it. Was it Vicodin or something like yeah. that? And he was not taking it then, right. but his dad needed one. And so because he had his own prescription, he allowed himself to get high once. Right. And just once. Totally. So that was his only slip. But then that moment- created a chemistry in his brain created like a calculation in his brain that when he gets in motorcycle accidents he can have vicodin right and so he did and then he i don't know if he says how long his little relapse lasted but i gather that it was like several weeks he was high every day oh well he was saying that he had a hand surgery in like february yeah like this was like the start of covid and monica was saying that there were pills missing she noticed he was weird too so it was like going on for months for sure and, uh, and then he was at a point where he straight up said, like, you know, I, I'm at a point now where I'm taking so many a day that I'm going to have severe withdrawal. So I need to, like, start backing off of it. Like, this wasn't over the course of, like, three weeks. This was, like, a, a long built-up thing. Although you can get addicted very quickly, I think. Well, and he mentioned Philip Seymour Hoffman, which is, is important for someone in his position to consider. Philip Seymour mm-hmm. Hoffman was sober for so long. And this is, uh, I think right. it was Corey Monteith's problem, too. These guys who are hardcore addicts stop for a number of years go back to drugs and they don't go back a little bit they go back to doing the drugs they used to do 
and their yeah. system can't take it anymore. And that's how they die. Right. And so it's good that he's aware of that chemically. Um, I wasn't extremely scandalized by it. No. By the end of it. Like at the start of it, he's like, I think people are going to be mad at me. No, totally. No, I don't think anyone's, anyone's going to be mad at you. It's like, no. it's very honest. Yeah, but but you could see that too, right? Like he's kind of like a guiding light of sobriety. And he was really worried about the way that this was going to come off. And he didn't want to. And he was also concerned about saying like, okay, if I say I had a relapse like day one, I'm going to like go get drunk, <laughs> which yeah. I, I totally sympathize with. Like if it's a, if you're, if you've wasted a whole 16 years of doing something, it's like, all right, well, I might as, what, might as well like have a couple drinks, like cram it in and then start my sobriety again later. And then you just go down a rabbit hole. I get it. I guess it's something I can't possibly understand. I kind of agree with what Monica said, which is that you haven't lost those 16 years. Like you are still, you still have grown and learned so much strength from that time. Like even if you've been off it, say it's six months, he's, he's been off the wagon. Um, going forward, if somebody says, how long have you been sober? He can say, I've been sober for a year and a half, but I had 16 years before that. Right. And yeah. So like I, I don't know. It's a thing I can't understand. I do sympathize. I know we said all this shit about Dak Shepard last week. I hope the. I don't even think it was that bad. What we well, said. actually, the underlying message was, shit. but his but his podcast is actually kind of good, and it is sometimes really good. We were saying that it's weird that he like gives himself. We, I think we we're saying something along the lines of like it's it's kind of strange that there hasn't been any anything with Dax because like he'll be like man like that lady is so foxy and like yeah like he hasn't been like me too or anything and like you were saying like he he intentionally calls himself out as a creep right it kind of and covers you're his like that's kind of bullshit because he's just covering his base but i don't think we said anything really but we didn't say he was like a bad person no he's not a bad person i i think honestly like um maybe insecurely i just i'm such a marin guy that i get a little protective when other people take marin's lunch which is what dak shepherd does Sure. Right. Um, but that's fine. It's a good show. You know how it came up is you were recommending me this Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, Sean uh, oh, yeah. Hayes podcast. And we were talking about how celebrities just like they're slumming it in podcasts now because they're all right. stuck in their houses. Yeah. And I did start listening. I listened to the Seth Rogen one and the Robert Downey Jr. one. Um, and it's kind of a funny show. It's pretty good. Yeah. They do have a good rapport. Yes. Although I find Robert Downey Jr. like kind of smug in it. Oh, I mean, you gotta expect that to be coming, but, it's, but, but I was like kind of surprised, I guess, largely surprised by the fact that he's just like hanging out and having dinner parties with Will Arnett. I know. <laughs> like, I, well, and just the premise of this podcast is that all these guys are like the best of friends. It's like our suspicions are correct. All these people are friends with each other. I think in part because it's hard for them to be friends with regular people. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. And like they're friends with, jennifer aniston and and melissa mccarthy like they're legitimately friends yeah and if we were to rank these people like sean hayes has a fuck ton of money right oh yeah network sitcom for a lot of years oh yeah but he's not robert downey jr in terms of like celebrity status no he's not even jason bateman in terms of celebrity status he's no longer um he might have been an a-lister at one point yeah but yeah no i think he's just like happy and he's happy that he has the you know those friends to and, bounce off of but uh, um will arnett he's had a lot of success in his life but he's probably the least successful of those four guys including robert downey he's been like always been on a thing but it's never the hot thing right 
right? But and you so, consider his involvement with Arrested Development and BoJack Horseman. BoJack's a big one. Yeah. yeah. BoJack Horseman is like a, a low-key, like, like, stunner. Yeah, and it's a critical darling. A critical darling. It and is. So what else would there be? Like, as far as shows, he wasn't in any other shows. He was in, like, Blades of Glory. And... Arnett? Yeah. Uh, he was in that show Flaked on Netflix for a little while. Right. Um, we're probably thinking of like an obvious one for Will Arnett for some reason. I, I'm kind of blanking on what else he's done. Right. He's married to Amy Poehler for a little while. They have two kids together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, but Jason Bateman just seems like the clear, like most famous person on that. Yeah, he's the longest panel. famous yeah. for sure. Like like child famous and he's so consistently always been around. He's kind of enigmatic though, isn't he? He's almost like perfect. He's like I like Jason Bateman a lot, but he's there's almost something like built in a lab about him. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. I don't know. He's like I'm mythologizing somebody who's regular. Yeah, I think he is kind of just a regular guy. I like him. Totally. His, his father-in-law is Paul Anka. Did you know he's married to Paul Anka's daughter? No. Hmm. Whoa, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Paul Anka's Canadian. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote My Way for Frank Sinatra. Actually, I found it funny how... Oh, that's crazy. I I found it funny how into like hockey um, Will Arnett is because he's Canadian and like they bring that up a lot. He's pretty he proudly tries, Canadian. Yeah. Very proudly Canadian. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, they were talking about he at one point they were talking about golf balls and he said I I always hit a number or whatever golf ball because it was Wendell Carter's number who was a uh Toronto Maple Leaf okay well, Wendell, actually, Wendell Clark yeah sorry Wendell oh Clark. shit what just Whoa, happened you this is a show show moment <laughs> wow that was a very exciting moment for me oh I'm breaking out in sweat yeah my one friend who listens to this podcast and loves the Toronto Maple Leafs is gonna text me when this comes up yeah he knows who he is and I'm waiting for the text. Well, man, that, yeah, you earned that one. You totally <laughs> earned that one. Anyways, they start talking about Shani. I'll make sure I get this right. And I knew that. That's it, all I know, by the way. So you could say just wrong stuff. I knew that on. it was Brendan yeah. Shanahan. And uh, Jason Bateman's like, oh, yeah, what uh, what number does Shani wear? And I was just like, whoa, you guys are all just like hanging out and golfing. It's, it's like is Brendan Shanahan like still around. Like he no, must be retired for he, years he's, now. He's like in the head office for the Toronto Maple Leafs now. Oh, cool. I think still, but he he was a player for. He was actually my favorite player. He was Red Wing. He was a Red Wing. Number yeah, fourteen. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so just found it funny that like they're all hanging out too. Like there's a whole sports element to their group as well. And you're right about Aniston. She's definitely part of that crew. And Kimmel. Yeah, well, Aniston was on the podcast this week. She was the guest. Oh, I'll take a listen to that. Yeah. It's good. And Camel, for sure. Okay, we got a couple of interesting ones. A couple of interesting movie news items this week that we All have right. to get to. Let's do it. First one that's weird is a sequel to the live-action Lion King directed by Barry Jenkins. Nope. That's the dumbest thing ever. Why it, are you doing this? Sure. It is a dumb... You're still going to feel that way at the end of this podcast, but... Allow me to put a little more color in this, which might make it more interesting. Can I also add that they did uh, uh, Lion King 2? Yeah. <laughs> like cartoon adaptation. They did it. Lion King 1 and a half. <laughs> All right, yeah. They did. And by the way, Barry Jenkins, Oscar-winning director of Moonlight, like that's not he's not a slouch at all no so he's going to come in. Now, what's your first instinct when you hear that they're going to make a sequel of this movie? Uh, they're... How is that going to be problematic? hungry Okay. Um... What's the first issue they're going to run into? Well, the villain. 
That's a good answer. Gone. Yeah. My first issue was there's no way you're going to get Donald and Beyonce to come back for a sequel to The Lion King. Oh, but you back up enough money, they'll come back for it. They're not going to have to because what it is, (laughs) as it turns out, my brother tipped me off to this and I did a little research is... Oh, can I guess? Go ahead. Is it going to be a like live concert with them all performing oh god no okay that would be okay that'd be fun that's yeah i was gonna say like that would be a reason for all of them to get involved release it on disney plus and no, no. make a bunch of money it's another like billion dollar cgi crazy fest okay but they're gonna godfather part to it and make it a prequel about how mufasa rose to power so simba's not in it at all He's- so why does donald glover need to be in it he doesn't he's simba Exactly. That's my point. They okay. they don't have to worry about getting. Him oh, back, oh. So they're which, not getting those people. Back. No. In fact, oh, they're not going to be able. They're not going to. I'm going to get James Earl Jones to play young Mufasa. That's not going to work <laughs> either. And I was thinking that would have been Chadwick's part if he was still with uh, us. Ah, you're probably right. But are you a little more interested now? No, I was. I I was never in, and I'm still not in. But because I don't like prequels. No, you don't like. We prequels. know where we know where this. Leads. You like the Godfather Part Two. Yeah, but you kind of by law have to like godfather Part actually II. you know what you do but you didn't like it as much as godfather Part I'm, one. I'm i'm in godfather part one camp and mm-hmm. though i liked godfather part two i liked pacino way more than de niro right i don't think that de niro brings as much to the table i like the present day stuff right and i also like godfather part three yeah godfather part three is not bad it gets a bad rap it gets a really bad rap yep yep speaking of godfather they're making this show about the making of The Godfather. We talked about this before. Yeah. I'm getting conflicting reports on what it's called. The Offering was one of the suggested titles I heard about. Anyway, uh, some casting news. Jake like Gyllenhaal. an offer that they can't refuse. I guess that's okay. the joke. It's a little corny. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal is going to play producer Robert Evans. I don't I don't know about that. But uh, Oscar Isaac going to play Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. And that's a couple of great actors. Oscar Isaac couldn't make a misstep if he tried. Yeah, if you were to ask him, he'd tell you it was Star Wars. Oh, yeah. He's a little bitter about Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose the third one was a little... I mean, poor guy got completely sidelined. He he peaks in the first half hour of The Force Awakens. Right. Yeah, he was solid in that. He's so great. And they just don't, they don't really have a good use for him for the rest of the trilogy. That's true of Finn, for that matter. Finn's good through the whole Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. but he, uh... He just kind of bumbles along through the next two movies. And that wasn't his fault either. He also was very critical of Disney's uh, misuse of him. Yeah. He did this GQ cover story. Wait, which one's Finn? Uh, John Boyega. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's not a huge fan of Star Wars right now either. No, it's everybody kind of walked away with a bit of a nasty taste. I really liked The Rise of Skywalker, although on our Star Wars podcast, we've we've really litigated this movie so much that I, I do kind of feel a little... A little uneasy about a lot of it now. Sure. Maybe with time, I'll feel differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't mind watching it again, but wasn't a huge fan at the end. It wasn't. It was not perfect. There's a trailer today for the new Borat sequel. Yeah. So this is going to be released on Amazon Prime. It's already come out. It's already like played at some festivals or something. Okay. Um, and he's given it a new name. Now it's just called Borat Subsequent Movie Film. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what its other title was, but uh, I watched the trailer and I actually realized I don't care at all about this movie. No. No. I remember reading an article when the first Borat movie came out and it quoted Larry David as saying, like, walking out of the theater feeling like he just listened to Sgt. Peppers for the first time. 
Oh my god! <laughs> like every all of these like comedians had like such glowing reviews to say about Borat, and it was a real like vibe. Like everyone was. Yep, it was. And also commitment to the bit is that's the real yeah. feat of Borat. And so these people who are like in the mechanics of comedy might look at this performer and be like, how are you doing that? Right. And it is tremendous. That's kind of the shock factor and, of, and of Sacha Baron Cohen is like, wow, you have balls of steel. Right. And it's a lot of a reflection of like, you know, it's really capturing a moment in time. Remember that show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Hate You, America, or whatever it was called. Oh, yeah. Well, even like the Ali G show where he was playing the original characters. That was incredible. That's right. It was kind of the same deal, I it guess. It was the exact Except same Except this one was like for Trump's America. And so yeah. Borat 2 is that also, I think. And there's a clip in the trailer about he, he like puts on a, like a pretty realistic Trump costume and goes to a Mike Pence rally oh, and God. starts heckling Mike Pence. Really? And so I think that's like maybe one of the climaxes of the movie Incredible. it'd be free to watch for amazon prime customers so maybe i'll put it on for five minutes and stay for the full two hours i, I or, mean i will i don't know it, it's not my cup of tea now but it's impressive but also like do you find it funny like you would I, laugh yeah sure you i mean I, I guess if yeah it's funny um it's not really my brand of comedy which is a pretentious thing to say He's obviously talented, is what I'm saying. I like Sasha Baron Cohen. I applaud right. him. Yeah. Um, and I, I really, I, I was almost moved by that HBO show he did a couple of years ago, although I was more shocked by it, which was the point. Mm -hmm. He's a shock comedian. Totally. Um, and a great character guy. But Borat's different because, like, part of Borat was just, like, him um, ambushing these people with this, like, kind of strange character who they couldn't relate to. Right. And now Borat is like Bugs Bunny. Everyone knows what Borat is. Yeah. And so I don't know that it's it's a very different context. Well, that's true too. Like, yeah, you're right. He can't just walk into a room and people not know who he is. Like, don't you remember in, I forget what the show was called. It was something America. I uh, America. I, I keep wanting to say this is America, but it's who is America. Who is America. In who is America, he like puts on one of his costumes and he goes to buy, he goes to a gun store, I think. And yeah. the guy immediate, immediately is like, you're Borat. I know who you are. You're Borat. Right. He doesn't know Sasha Baron Cohen's name. Borat is ubiquitous. Right. And so this is totally a different context. Yeah. Yeah. There were definitely instances where he was found out. Yeah. And like had to, had to reroute. So yeah, it'll be, and I think they were filming this as like soon as like three months ago. It's during COVID. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I know. can't wait to watch it though. He had a run though. Every couple of years, he tried to put out a a movie that was of the same ilk. Right. Uh, nothing like, ever. Like the dictator and Bruno. Bruno, right? Was yeah. the dictator like? Wasn't that a scripted movie? That though? was a scripted movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Neither do I. <laughs> I know nothing about it. Uh, what else do we have here? They're going to make an Oh, The Places You Go movie. Do they ever make good Dr. Seuss adaptations? No, I don't think so. I think as a rule, they're kind of bad. As a rule, they're not allowed. Yeah. It has to <laughs> we got to make sure this is bad. It has to be under 60% all right. Guys, this is too good. Yeah. Go back to the drawing board. Yeah. The script is amazing. Make this worse. <laughs> Uh, I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, Enola Holmes, Millie Bobby Brown. Yes. People are eating this shit up. Oh, are they? Yeah. It got great reviews. Mm -hmm. Everyone's liking it. We haven't had the chance to watch it They've yet. They've sold 40 houses. Yes, that's right. It's her real estate company. <laughs> yeah. No, she's Sherlock Holmes's younger sister. Henry Cavill plays Sherlock Holmes. Yes. 
Yes. And now they're talking about making a Henry Cavill spinoff of Enola Holmes, oh my which God. is just a Sherlock Holmes movie. Sherlock. <laughs> oh, my God. As if we don't have so many goddamn Sherlocks going at once. The only Henry Cavill I want to see is the Henry Cavill from Mission Impossible. We've talked about it. I just want to see him being angry, punching people in the face, skydiving. And he is great in that movie. Yeah. But I always forget that he's in a Mission Impossible movie because Henry Cavill is kind of a charisma vacuum yeah. or he just has a terrible agent who actually gets him like good roles. <laughs> like, right. I, there's something about him that is just like, I don't feel connected to Henry Cavill, period. And you know how I get connected to movie stars. Right. I care nothing for him. Well, he was a terrible agent. And Mission Impossible. Hey. Man from Uncle was kind of good. Was it? It wasn't half bad. Okay. Yeah. But ultimately forgettable too. And God knows Superman, like, that really never took off. Da -dun. Mm. <laughs> but it can leap over tall buildings. <laughs> Fly, no. <laughs> uh, Jamie Foxx. Oh, this is weird. Okay. Speaking of superhero actors, this just happened this afternoon. Okay. Jamie Foxx. In talks to reprise his role as Electro from Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, but with Tom Holland. Oh, I didn't even know he was in one of the he Andrew Garfield. He was in Amazing Spider-Man Spider 2, okay. which was a trash can fire of a film. Okay. Easily the worst Spider-Man movie. Uh, and he was a very bad villain in it. It was dumb. But for some reason, they want to get that shit back. Well, they, they must have liked that element. It's just weird to cross-pollinate the actors. I totally like, agree. I know there's a cameo from J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah in like the after credits for Spider-Man right. Far From Home, but that's really an Easter egg because people love that actor as that character. Yeah. It's not the same as... But here's the other thing. My brother also uh, opened my eyes to another thing that might be in the works with Marvel, and that actually could lend a little bit of credence to why this makes sense. The Spider-Man multiverse which is the biggest franchise in which the multiverse is actually like an understood concept. Like right? the Spider-Verse? Sure. Okay. Into the Spider-Verse. So what if they were to make some universe-adjacent Avengers movie where John Krasinski is Captain America? Right. And Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield are also Spider-Men. And Jamie Foxx's villain from that universe is able to, I don't know shift through some kind of wormhole dr strange style whoa and meet tom holland's peter parker you give a couple people in hollywood mushrooms and all of a sudden <laughs> suddenly good ideas start coming <laughs> at last i mean into the spider-verse there has to be plans to do like a spider-verse too oh that's happening. that that yeah. that's for sure happening yeah. so yeah maybe that is like the next step to do something spider-man irl i think into the spider-verse is IP. one of the rare um special movie moments of a generation like i yeah. almost never is a movie so it's almost like hamilton it's like it just kind of comes out of nowhere and you hear through word of mouth that this thing is like something you've never seen before yeah. it's like you'll understand what it is but it's bananas good and it's kind of like it's kind of nothing like anything you've ever seen before um and it, it also for a brief time felt like a really cool secret to have seen spider-verse before it won an oscar yeah um, but, uh, yeah, I wonder if the second movie can hold up the special factor. It won't be a scrappy. No, no. People are going to see it coming. Yeah. Like I remember seeing previews for Into the Spider-Verse being like, this is the dumbest movie ever. And then people saying, oh no, it's actually incredible. And it is. You saw it, right? Oh yeah. 
It is incredible. It's a great watch. Yeah. Actually, is that on? That must be on. Um, the plus? The plus? I don't think so. I or wish it Disney was. Plus. Uh, yeah, maybe it is. It should be. Uh, but it's not like an MCU movie. No, I guess not. What is it then? <laughs> Sony. Okay. I guess. Because Sony's, uh, there's always been like kind of a fraught relationship between Disney and Sony. Right. For the, for the ownership of Spider-Man. Right. Anyway, that's all I got for, for news. We do have a, like a couple of shows both of which are quite meaty if you want to discuss those. Okay. Uh, do you want me to go first to recap? Let me go first. You recap first. Okay, one sec. Okay, do you have a, a timer? Set up a timer here. Okay. Going to recap the first episode of Utopia. This is a new show on Amazon Prime. It is a remake of a British show, kind of a cult favorite show from 2013 that That's a right. lot of people thought didn't really get enough of a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's kind of flying under the radar on Amazon Prime. Is it? Yeah, not not seeing a whole lot of buzz about it. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to recap the first episode of that. I'm going to do my best anyway. Uh, you count me down. We're going to start you off to recap Utopia in three, two, one, go. Starts up with this couple. They're kind of going through a house which is full of all kinds of junk. They stumble onto a comic book and they check to see how much it's worth. It's incredibly rare. So they take it to a comic convention where they're going to let a bunch of people come see it and maybe buy it. It's in a hotel, like a big con. Uh, there's a bunch of like online like chat room friends who've come to kind of meet each other for the first time and come see the comic book. Meanwhile, uh, there's like kind of a mafioso nerd guy who's tracking down this comic book because maybe it has like superpowers or something. He kills basically everybody else who's come to the con except for our little foursome of friends who are i guess the good guys or the heroes um does that kind of cover it did it i also i didn't mention the kid there's also a kid who seems to be like incredibly savvy yeah the kid ends up stealing the comic book and um called utopia and the whole idea behind utopia is there's a little bit of a connection between what's happening in the real world that people are gleaning from Utopia and these dystopia comics where they kind of feel like the author has kind of predicted certain elements like right. certain pandemics like SARS and like That's right there is at the the beginnings of a pandemic starting in the background of the episode yeah. which is very prescient and kind of curious because I mean it's happening during COVID. Yeah. And yes and We've we've continued watching. We really like this show. Okay. Um. So I give him my ass. That's a early. Wow. You really. <laughs> okay. We're in there. All right. Obviously, because I've continued watching. Sure. So, um, but Rain Wilson and John Cusack are in like the rest of the series. They're absent from the pilot. I was waiting for them the whole time. I know. Is that weird? They're all I knew about it. In fact, because of Rain Wilson, I really thought this was going to be like a comedy. Okay. I thought it was going to be a pandemic comedy, and it's really not a pandemic show yet. And it's not a comedy. No. I don't know if it really gets to pandemic levels. Okay. The whole thing is kind of like... But he plays like an, uh, a virologist or something. That's right. Yeah. And there's... At the end of the show, you know, there's this character, Jessica Hyde, where everyone's like, who's Jessica Hyde? She's the character from the book, but yeah. she's also a real person and she shows up at the end. Yes. Yeah. And you don't know her to be a real person mm. and you don't know Utopia to be like a, a real thing so that's kind of a twist um so yeah she does exist and honestly the first episode there's a lot to digest so i understand why they didn't but a lot of the big twists and uh, like plot development come in the second episode oh okay yeah 
Good, because it's I, a good I, setup. I, it was very set up I found it really busy, to be honest. Yeah. And maybe it was just kind of disorienting because it wasn't at all what I thought it was. Right. Um, also, and maybe this is just a testament to how moving I found the Watchmen to be, or Watchmen, because you know how I couldn't stop thinking about Watchmen during Lovecraft Country? And yeah. That kind of ruined Lovecraft Country for me. I felt that way about Utopia as well. I was like, oh, it's, it's a, about a prescient comic book that's actually, uh, and it's like a gritty kind of commentary on what our real life is like but it just kind of felt a little more vapid to me very very superficial interpretation of what like comic book conventions are and what like pop culture that's true. enthusiasts are um the second episode does a lot to like throughout the uh, yeah i feel like that's kind of a a bit of a a setup like it's really it's really juxtaposing Right. One it's kind of showing the dichotomy from what like the rest of the show actually will be. Do you have any curiosity to go back and watch the really popular 2013 version? Yeah, I do. I well that was kind of my suggestion for this podcast was to watch the 2013 pilot. And you said that watch. to me? I think I did early on. I don't think I realized they, until today that it was a, a remake. Yeah. Yeah. It was a and it was like insanely I I don't think you can find it anywhere because I don't think they wanted that ip getting to north america so I you see. can find it online well i think the remake or the american remake has been in limbo for a while because david fincher was attached to it for a long time it was going to oh. be an hbo show and it was going to star rooney mara uh, oh. and jason ritter like Ooh, it was maybe going to be of a higher caliber frankly yeah um and then that fell apart and now it's at amazon prime um i like john cusack though i was disappointed that i didn't get to see him what is your go-to john cusack I don't have a lot of go-to John Cusack. Interesting. Actually, to the extent that I, I oftentimes will unfortunately confuse him with Kevin Spacey. Like, oh. I know the actor to be John Cusack, but I'll be like, oh, no, it was when, like, Kevin Spacey's character and Jen's like, he's not Kevin Spacey. Like, oh, God, I know, he's not. Ugh. They're not even in the same generation. Great. They're, like, probably at least 10 years no, apart. No, I know an embarrassingly small amount of, of John Cusack films. I, I've got... You know, I could rhyme off a, a lot, but the I think the only one that I've I can say for sure that I've seen is High Fidelity. You've is seen High Fidelity. Fidelity. You've seen Say Anything? No, I haven't seen all of Say Anything. Oh man, you I haven't really see. seen Say Anything at all. You got to see Lloyd Dobler and Say Anything in your eyes. The light I see. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's one of the great love stories on screen. Is it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why would you judge that? Everyone agrees. I don't know. I just feel like it's such a not like. It's a great script. Cameron Crowe. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I should watch it. But I don't know. I just feel like it's not quite like if people are talking about love stories, say anything isn't necessarily. Well, it's not. It's not. I mean, it is a great love story, but it's it's not just about that. It's not like Harry and Sally, the princess bride type love story. It's about like a kid. Right. Um, And it's got some darkness to it. Okay. But like if Cameron Crowe made. Jerry Maguire and almost famous. Oh, I believe that. Say anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty good track record. Great track record. Fast Times, I think, right? We're talking about Fast Times. That's Cameron Crowe, yeah. Really? Yeah. Alexa, who directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Fast Times at Ridgemont High was directed by Amy Heckerling. Maybe directed by Alexa, who wrote the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Fast Times at Ridgemont High was written by Cameron Crowe. Yeah, Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe. Ha- uh, Amy Heckerling also did Clueless. Oh. So she had a moment and then just kind of faded away. Yeah. 
That's too bad. Hey, you know what movie I watched this week? What's that? And I thought it started so strongly. Hmm. And a couple of weeks before that, I'd watched um, Friends with Benefits. You watched No No Strings Attached? No Strings Attached. Interesting. Starts pretty strong. No Strings Attached is low-key better than Friends with Benefits. See, I say no. Okay. I say... So I'm, I'm so pro-Portman. The cheese, yeah, and she, like, again, she's so good in the beginning, and the yep. whole plot at the beginning, I was, like, really on board with, but by the end, I was like, wah, wah, <laughs> like, this fell flat, and, and I find the ending is really where uh, Friends with Benefits, like, kind of takes off, although I'm not sure who ate whose lunch there, because clearly one had the better, I think we're just going to be friends and yeah do a sex thing. Oh, Wait, hang on a second. Friends with Benefits, Timberlake and Kunis, yeah. they end up together. Yeah. Isn't that what happens at the end of No Strings? It is. Yeah. But I just find there's like a cooler story. And I, I remember thinking like, oh man, the, the Justin Timberlake one, that's such a rip off the Ashton Kutcher one. I think it was a bigger movie though. I think it was more successful. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I, I think it holds up better too. Okay. Maybe I need to revisit. Yeah. There's a lot of like, like, orchestral i almost feel like friends with benefits was kind of making fun of no strings attached through some of the movie and isn't it weird too that mila kunis who's in one and ashton kutcher who's in the other is married now? they're married to <laughs> each other yeah <laughs> i think they have this debate yeah yeah i wonder if they do i thought about it yeah i don't think ashton kutcher shows himself in a flattering light for one second in that movie i mean he's not a very good actor greta gerwig is in it throughout no strings attached does she play like her, natalie portman's the like friend her friend like yeah. yeah she's she had like she had gal pal energy until she became the great movie artist that she is now mindy kaling jake johnson well friends with benefits has quick andy sandberg emma stone in the beginning that's true yeah yeah i yeah. was saying that at the beginning like do you think they would still do this and jen's like i think they just did it because they were friends Andy Samberg, Justin Timberlake are friends. We know that. But Emma Stone, it seems crazy to see her in a cameo bit part yeah. now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But anyways, loved the beginning of No Strings Attached. Really fell off it. A movie I watched this week because I had claimed to see it on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I actually second-guessed myself. I had mentioned that I saw Squid and the Whale because we were talking about Jeff Daniels. Yeah. And I, I have seen parts of it as it turns out. But I listened back to the podcast and I was like, maybe I'm kind of blowing hard right now maybe i haven't seen that whole movie and so i went back and i watched it and i hadn't seen the whole movie and it was a tough watch really it was a really tough watch yeah, i'm like that's the thing i can't get in a headspace to watch a movie like that i wouldn't really force it on you honestly i don't want to sit down and be like let's watch this divorce movie with no. jeff daniels it's not even that and it is a divorce movie with jeff daniels um Jeff Daniels, I've just scarcely seen a less likable character on TV and or in a movie. And that's the point. Right. It's just so painfully autobiographical. Right. Noah Baumbach. It's like it's and I looked up Noah Baumbach's father and he was this guy like yeah. this, like kind of like floundering pseudo intellectual uh, failed novelist from New York who like it plays tennis. So bad. It's brutal. And it's like. The script is dancey and fun. And like he wrote it for Wes Anderson to direct it because he like Noah Bomb people don't know Noah Bombeck wrote um uh, uh Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Oh, I didn't know that. He wrote uh Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like he was Wes Anderson's guy for a long time. Really? And he only directs movies because he wrote Squid and the Whale to be Wes's next movie. Yeah. And Wes was like, 
this is very personal. You should probably direct this one. Yeah. And also secretly, this is so depressing. I don't do, I already did my sad family movie. It was called The Royal Tenenbaums. Right. And that's not even that sad. I would say Darjeeling Limited is his sad family movie. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Royal Tenenbaums can be a bummer. I mean, I love it, but it's like incredibly dysfunctional family and they're all like suicidal. Yeah, there's just such a weird levity to it for me. It's very, it's very goofy and yeah. like and circusy and kind of uh, airy. But yeah. this movie's not. Squid in the Whale right. is not, not. But there's a funny premise in it because you're not going to watch it and you shouldn't. It's good, no, but you shouldn't watch it. There's a funny premise where uh, Jesse Eisenberg like idolizes his father Jeff Daniels, even though his father is an asshole, a trash bag. Yeah, um, and uh, he wants to be just like his dad, and so he lies about like how. Uh, artsy and intellectual he is and he claims to have written um, not wish you were here hey you Pink Floyd <laughs> okay and like he plays it for his parents and his, for some reason his parents don't know don't hey know you by Pink Floyd is. and they're like wow that's amazing I really love the lyrics <laughs> <laughs> and so then he plays it at a school talent show and he just like assumes that people don't know Pink Floyd. Oh my god! And he's just like, this is a song I wrote called "Hey You." And he plays "Hey You" by Pink Floyd, and he gets busted. Like that's the funny thing that happens right. in the movie. Okay, but I appreciate that. Everything else is like really upsetting. <laughs> I'll I'll watch the YouTube clips of that part. Yeah, you can watch that. And, and Jesse Eisenberg's great. I mean, it's full of good good actors, but I just I don't recommend that as a watch if you're trying to, you know. Because I, I didn't cure my sadness, and then I went and bought sneakers to cure my sadness, and that right. didn't work either. And, and then so. it made you sad because you got a uh, blister. It's just been a tough time. <laughs> what did you think of the people? 2020, man. The people in uh, in Utopia. The main gal who plays um, Sam, I think her name is, blonde. She yeah. is perfect cross between Jodie Comer and yes, Melissa 100%. Benoist. Yeah, she's got mad Comer energy, but also Melissa Benoist, the Supergirl girl. I thought, I thought she was... Eve from Killing Eve. Yeah, she's too young. Yeah, I realized that as I was watching. But I asked Jen three times. And the kid's kind of interesting. The kid who like shows up, they've already sold the comic book to the penthouse. He lies to the hotel lady so he can get a a card key into the penthouse. And And he's lied to this entire group. Um, They all think he's an adult with a Porsche. It's not getting amazing reviews, to be honest. It's like really? kind of, it's kind of middling on Rotten Tomatoes, and oh. part of it is the protectiveness of the the, the, cult, original. the cult base. Of the I'm original. happy I didn't watch the original at all. Yeah, and so all those people got killed. All the people who got injected, the people who found the yeah. it's pretty gruesome at times. Right, they call it the harvest. Yeah. Killed well, I'm glad you liked it. I don't give a shit. I don't give it my not ass. even no. a bit. No. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm like I'm on board with it. It's a it's a bit of a big puzzle, and I kind of wonder if they've revealed too much too early on in the show. Okay, but the whole idea of them trying to figure out exactly what the comic is signaling and trying to figure out Jessica Hyde's story—that's kind of where the the show goes. Are you done? No, not quite. Okay, and how much is Rain Wilson in it? Quite a bit. Is Rain Wilson a one-trick pony? Can he, it's like Dwight, the great thing he does and everything else is just kind of weird and nothing. I don't think so. Okay. Um, I think he's good in this show actually. Okay. Like, and he's, he's, you know, he's different. How about Cusack? Cusack's really good. Oh yeah. Cusack's really good in this. I don't, and like, you can't really give away too no, that's, much. That's fine. But yeah. Don't spoil it for other people. Yeah. Although I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, he's a a different kind of character in this show. Cusack made a cool movie that nobody's seen called Martian Child. About 15 (laughs) years ago, he made this movie about like a guy who's like kind of alone in life, decides he wants to be a dad. And so he adopts this kid 
who genuinely believes he's from Mars. Okay. And so this kid's like seven. And so everyone just keeps telling him it's like a phase. And like throughout the movie, like this is not a phase. Like he kind of has to cope with the fact that this kid maybe is from Mars. And it's just like a beautiful story about like um, being a misfit and being and feel like family and like finding your family. Right. I recommend Martian Child, although nobody talks about it. Now, yeah, I, I will watch that. Um, yeah, what other John Cusack is there besides Say Anything? <laughs> I'm actually genuinely uh, curious now. Say Anything and High Fidelity. Well, he was in like Weird Science. He had like a bit of a John Hughes run, right? Okay, uh, yeah. Um, like people, like he's mentioned as an A-lister, but. Well, he's been pretty absent. That's kind of why, that's what makes this show notable, although he's done no press for it. Right. He's never done a TV show and he doesn't do movies. He's he very. Care. He's a big burner. He's a like a big. Uh, um, loves Bernie Sanders. Oh, is he? Oh yeah. Okay. Very outspoken in that way. I like John Cusack. Although you know, I'm drawing a blank on on his like big movies. I'm sure there's one that people are screaming at their their phones right now. Like, how can you not be saying this movie? But I don't know. Yeah. John Cusack, not the, so much of a hot shot. The the sure thing. He made a movie called The Sure Thing. In the 80s. I have it on DVD somewhere. Okay. So yeah. more of like an 80s, early 90s thing. <laughs> You're okay just now is really like, all right, let's move on. <laughs> You're not just going to okay. list the... John Cusack, not a big deal. All right, he's fine. <laughs> all right, uh, let's put you on the clock. Um, I actually don't have my phone oh, yeah. here with me. Do you want to okay. hand me yours or I can sure. I can just give you the signal when you're done? Yeah. Okay. Or I could just like watch it myself. Okay, why don't we do that? You're going to you're gonna recap the first episode of... Do we pronounce it Ratchet? Like, yeah, I Not like so. Ratchet? Ratchet? I think it's Ratchet. Ratchet on Netflix, Sarah Paulson, Ryan mm. Murphy. Uh, you're going to recap the first episode in three, two, one, go. Uh, Nurse Ratchet is rolling <laughs> into town. Uh, there is a, a, uh, a home where a lot of priests are staying. They're all murdered by this crazy guy. Meanwhile, Nurse Ratchet's making her way to this uh, asylum. Uh, where a man is trying to, uh, uh, the owner of the asylum is trying to rid uh, society of their judgments of some of the, the characters in there. Um, to no avail, really, she comes in and kind of cleans the place up. My time's up. Okay. Uh, kind of uh, um, manipulates everyone to, to get a job there while also uh, kind of like, creating a stunt to make someone sick and make it look like she was saving them uh, in like uh, uh, a stunt in front of the, the governor um, to grant more like funding. Well, she's having a hard time getting the like proprietor of this hospital to accept her onto the staff. And so she basically like uh, mind fucks this patient. Yeah. Who's very unwell. Yeah. Kind of like indirectly talks him into killing himself. He does in the right in the proprietor's office yeah and so then like she just kind of like uh orchestrates she puppet masters this whole situation where he basically has to give her a job and he's like clearly not like so early in the show he's like man this lady's crazy but i'm giving her a job right and nurse bucket is also right. a character who hates her from the from the jump too um, much hates her too much yes yeah yeah they hate each other too much well except for that it's understood that ratchet's psycho but this other lady is just like difficult can i just say that like i don't understand i remember watching one flew over the cuckoo's nest and i don't really like get 
the fact that she's so crazy in this prequel. And so I'm I'm so glad to hear that you've watched it because I haven't watched it and it's I've, a great watch and I've never read it. I think you'd like it. Do you think is it scary like this show is? No, okay, not at all. I, that's good like, to hear because like this is like played like a horror, and I didn't think Cuckoo's Nest was. No, it's kind of I don't know I don't know how to describe it, but it's like it's a good watch. So this is what I understand about Cuckoo's Nest, just uh-huh. as like a person who lives in the world, and I've like been on Wikipedia today. Sure. Um, uh, Jack Nicholson goes to this uh, uh, facility, this like mental institution. I don't know what the PC term is. Um, it's like not his first rodeo. He's kind of a flamboyant, likable character. Right. But he's unstable. Yes. And he goes to this, this, uh, hospital, which is incredibly corrupt. And I, this nurse ratchet, I guess is like maybe the, the, the figurehead of that hospital. Yeah. Maybe she is. He makes her life hell. Right. That's the, that's the premise of the, of the book is like, he, he like kind of rises up against her. I, yeah, I felt like it was more the administration, not specifically one person, but maybe it was just Nurse Ratched. And uh, so she's considered to be like one of the great 20th century literary villains. Yeah. Uh, and so they've made this prequel show about like when she was younger and when she started at the hospital. Is that this hospital? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure because it's been probably 10 years since I watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and I really liked it. But... Um, the other thing was I don't remember that uh uh yeah I don't I just don't remember her being so quite villainous like I don't I don't remember her being intentionally trying to I think I think she is though like that's based based on what I looked around at when I read her character's she, bio today like that she is for sure like abusing people in the hospital yeah, she's yeah, like maybe possible. deriving some kind of like sick joy out of like lobotomizing people and shock treating people and like yeah basically just like has them all on leashes that's very possible and i, I remember it was a couple of weeks ago that i read uh it was like uh today i learned on reddit or something where i guess stanley kubrick remembered nurse ratchet from like it was based on a nurse that was like at a an old folks home or something that he had met okay like caring for his grandma or something some kind of story like that and then he actually met her out in the world years later and she was really sweet yeah did you ever have a teacher who was like a mean teacher and then you see them in the real world and they're nice and it's very disorienting yeah yeah, yeah. or vice versa oh that's or, weird. not 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 going nice to mean mm. but like being like, oh man, I love that teacher. And then having that teacher as like a sub in high school or something. And be like, this oh. teacher's crazy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I had a teacher in grade 10 who everybody liked because he was. Um, right. I think we've discussed this. He's like, what's up, kids? Let's rap for a second. No, that's another teacher. Oh, okay. I clearly have un- unresolved issues about that teacher. If you just like know that I've talked about him yeah. that much. I'm so sorry. I repeat myself. As no, well. I, you're, I, I like this story. I was hoping you were going to go into it. You're a charitable friend. No, this is another teacher I don't like. And in fact, for the opposite reasons, like he took himself too seriously. Gotcha. But um, he was kind of a firecracker in his own way. Like he was like an old man who would say mean things to students. Right. And so like if you weren't on his bad side... Which you were on his bad side by being weak and afraid of him, frankly, which I was. It wasn't right. like you like had to do something to get on his bad side. Um, basically, if you played football and you were like confident in yourself, he would like probably not isolate you or he would. And that would just be more fodder for like 
classroom amusement. He was a fucking bully is what I'm saying. Yeah. But he was like an old ass man. He was creepy around girls. Yeah. He it was a good reputation for him being like a boozer at school. Um, I and I it's another example of a teacher who I kind of felt like I could see through like I wasn't interested in this like character he was kind of portrayed as having yeah he was a horrible guy I hated him right uh, and he was and he was mean to me in class like he would like uh, I remember one time I because he taught ancient history and um, he was talking about like the mummification process and I asked something to do with embalming yeah and he made me feel like such an idiot <laughs> that's so funny i'm trying to picture you raising your hand to be like uh, can you tell me a little about the embalming i process? just know it had to do with embalming and i think because i was shy like it was it was probably like me just trying to interact just totally. trying to be part of the discussion and so i probably just like dropped a word that i heard on jeopardy You're like i'm gonna get the class with the embalming and i still here. remember he was just like like what are you talking about like he no would, he would just like make you feel like such an asshole for asking a question and so then i just like hated him forever um but he has a dog and he goes and walks his dog at shuby park where my friend michael walks his dog and michael says like he runs into this teacher and he couldn't be nicer no and way. i just find it so confusing because like like <laughs> maybe the power dynamic is gone at the dog park and right. so he doesn't like need to to be like king funny king yeah, yeah. bastard but sure. like um that's an example of a guy or or maybe i'm just reading it differently because people in fact did like him when i didn't like him and maybe right. my friend also likes him <laughs> oh my god i i almost i had that ask, pent up for a long time i almost wanna, I needed to tell somebody about that apparently <laughs> i want to ask after this if it's uh, the same teacher that i might be thinking of was he like very clearly like like very into um big guy? No, not really. Okay. Old guy. Okay. Like no, old. No, like no, for no. sure. Maybe eighty now. No, different and yeah. I actually like the teacher that I'm thinking of, but I could see us we've we've definitely had cases of us like like I really like someone and you're like yeah. I could give a shit about that. Yeah, person. that's probably true. Yeah, so, anyway. I tend to be harder on people than you, though. You're more a forgiving person. You think so? And you know what? You're all. I don't know. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. You're okay. you're a really good punching bag. Like you're you. I don't know something about your personality. People <laughs> feel really uh, invited <laughs> well, like to, to just beat the shit. Well, out Well, because they know that you can take it, and and you're a good sport. Well, about that's a it. kind thing to say. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I want it to be a kind thing to say. Right. Like clearly, you have a warmth where it's like you're open to a, a laugh at your expense. It might be because I'm I'm self deprecating in my in my own right. Well, you and are I invite it, but that doesn't track because I'm self deprecating and I hate when people make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends. Anyway, depends who it is. Which is my way of saying you would probably have liked this teacher because he would have. He would have made fun of you in class right. and it would have gotten laughs and you would have been like, well, at least people laughed. Right. And he made fun of me in class and I never felt smaller. Well, and I also find when when people do that and if they cross a line at all, especially in class, it gives you a little more license to go back at them because because it's like, well, what are the, what are they going to tell the principal that yeah. they, you know, said I was whatever and like he was my inaug- the entire class laughed at me. So I, I can't say that he's overweight. You're right. I don't know if I, I mean, I wouldn't have had the spine to do that. Right. He was my inaugural high school experience. There was this thing at my high school where all the bells rang six minutes fast, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that. And it's my first day of high school and he's my A class. And I 
was late because the bell rang six minutes early mm-hmm. and I just walked into class. The door was shut and he like isolated me right away. And he's like, I didn't answer the door. And so I'm like, I just can't, I've never been in trouble in my life. I'm trying to survive my first day at high school just by like, I just, I, I'm lucky that I found this room. Right. And, uh, immediately the teacher's like in front of everybody. Hey, rookie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All this to say, wow, Nurse Ratched. Wow. <laughs> we took such a left turn there. I've missed your presence so much. What was <laughs> what was the point that we were trying to make before going through a therapy session about who we are as humans and why Jesus school fucked us up? Christ. People who are nicer in real life than you knew them to be. God, I don't it care. It seemed like we were going to have like a redeeming thing at the end. Like there was this teacher and then we, <laughs> well, okay. That's what you got with Michael in the, in the dog park. Yeah. Say he seems like the nicest person ever. So that's a case similar to what Stanley Kubrick said about Nurse Ratchet. Oh, okay. Yes, that's yeah. right. So he, uh, that's right. He, so he was inspired to, I mean, he didn't write the book, but inspired to base the character in his film. Off. Uh, well, who wrote the book? I forget. Okay, I feel like it specifically said Kubrick, but Alexa, who wrote "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest"? One flew over the cuckoo's nest is a novel written by Ken Kesey. Ken Kesey. Kesey included the novel right. Yes. Best English language novels from 1923 to 2005 list. So, do you know what Ken Kesey ended up being? The guy who became a, like a big proponent for acid and the electric oh, no. Kool Aid acid test. By, oh, uh, that was that was all that story. Of okay. Ken Kesey and his kind of like followers and and a little bit of the Grateful Dead and you know there you go gravy, gravy and the band of Mary Wiggins or whatever it was the seventies it was the seventies it yeah. was a time late sixties too yeah anything else you want to say about this Corey Stoll makes an appearance as like this guy who you think she's gonna hook up with and then she wants to create this like weird role play where they're having a marital squabble yeah no the only thing that this show makes me want to do is ban all ryan murphy shows from the show show from now on i could tell like halfway through watching this that it was a ryan murphy show and do you want to do that rule up. do you want to establish that right now no more ryan murphy can we do that let's do it i hate ryan murphy it's shows. done it's done well we we don't derive any pleasure from any of the shows i watched, or did you you watch you started watching hollywood i watched you? hollywood okay it wasn't good now well you know what it was ridiculous yeah right <laughs> um but he also it was a brad falchuk show who he like co-creates a lot of stuff with Ryan Murphy, but it's a very hands-off Ryan Murphy thing. Yeah. It's just kind of under his umbrella. Ryan Murphy like sat down at the keyboard for this show, Ratchet. Yeah. And I like Sarah Paulson a lot. Ryan Murphy has contributed good shit to the world. I really liked The People versus OJ. Um, and you know, Glee had a moment, uh, like it or not. Sure. It, it definitely had a... But I don't need to see any more from this. And also, why isn't this just a season of American Horror Story? Which, by the way, there was an American Horror Story Asylum, and it starred Sarah Paulson. So why are we retreading this territory? It, that, it's such a good question. They're just so willing to pay people for TV content now that he's like, I guess I could do this character that's already in existence and just write a backstory for her. Yeah. Which I thought was just, like, she comes in too hot. Everything happens too hot yep. in this show. Slow well, it down a little bit. And, and I think that he thinks that's a style. Like, she, I, like, like Wes Anderson, for example. Like, I, I get that it's really colorful and the costumes are cool. Right. But I, it, you're right. It looks and feels like a Ryan Murphy thing. Maybe it's just because of her. 
Like, I feel like you really, you don't have to show like her hand of like being so insane that she's telling a, a, a mental patient to kill himself within 40 minutes of the show. He's so invested. He intends to do four seasons of this. And in the fourth, and in the fourth season, he wants to loop in cuckoo's nest shit. Wow. So like, you're right. You can slow play this. You don't need to make her a murderer in the first episode. Right. Walter White it. Like start at the beginning. That's why that's a good character study. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also overscored. I don't know if you noticed that, but like the whole show has music, like intense music behind it. And yeah. Sometimes less is more. Right. And there was some stuff that I actually liked, like when all the lighting turned like green and was she was, cool. I was like, okay, that's kind of like a cool, weird vibe that they're doing. But otherwise, not into it. Yeah, not really. It's also another show that I had to like only listen to for huge parts because it was very violent at times. When they show that dead body in the tub in the first five minutes, right. that was really gross. Yeah, it's a gruesome scene. Yeah. 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 The, and there's some gruesomeness too to uh, Utopia. Yeah. Which I don't, I guess you kind of see a little bit of. I mean, I, I just, I guess I thought it was coming more so than it actually, there's a lot of bullets in the head and like a kind of like silencer hitman kind of way, which yeah. is which is easy for me to there's, watch. There's some more tortury stuff and an eye might come out in the second episode. Oh, damn. That's one of my least favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my most favorite. And that's oh. why the show show is a good. <laughs> that's true. We're such a good cross section of that's personality right. types. That's right. Um, I don't give my ass to either of these shows. No? No. Well, I definitely am out on on Ryan Murphy and yeah. on Nurse Ratchet. But you I'm heard, in on Utopia. You heard it here first, folks. I don't care how big a Ryan Murphy show gets. It's not happening on the show show. No. Try, write us. Smash those keys <laughs> to let us know that you hate it. We don't care. Uh, our fan mail is going to be off the chain after we've made <laughs> like, this sweeping declaration. My God, we're going to have to change servers. <laughs> Red Table Talk. Willow yeah. Smith. Yeah. Calls back the weird thing that happened like maybe two months ago and we it feels like three years ago when Will and Jada's marriage was on the rocks because of the third member who was a part of their little menage a trois. Right. What what did Willow say that she, she had said, to go back on? She said that she is proud of both of her parents for how they handled that. Oh, and before she was like, my parents are crazy. Maybe she did say something like that. But I just like that was the only Will Smith news this week is that Willow says she's proud of them. <laughs> Willow, proud of her parents. Yeah. The show Pr- show, still not trusting. No, no, definitely not. Proud specifically for how they handled the public aspect of their marital strife involving another person who was in love with her mom. Right. Like imagine God. being in her position. What was that big quote that Will Smith said when You ain't never had a friend like me? <laughs> I think that was it. Yeah, that was it. And that's why you never trust Will Smith. <laughs> never trust him. <laughs> you don't want to finish your thought? <laughs> yeah. No, I was trying to think of... <laughs> no, you never trust Will Smith. Okay, never, never, never. <laughs>